Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You may be seated. Chances are pretty good that our priorities, our highest priorities, are not in line with God's priorities for us. What we think is most important is not always what God holds as most important. A good way to check out if what I'm saying is true or not is to take inventory of what you spend your time thinking about. What do you think about as you're sitting in your classes? I know it's not your lecture. What do you think about as you're you're, um, brushing your teeth? What do you think about as you're going throughout your day? What's streaming through your headphones as you walk to class? What's streaming on the screen that you, that you look at while you're in class? What are the topics of your conversations with your friends? These are the things that are our priorities. Even if we think that our priorities are holier than the answers that we had for those questions. The truth comes out when we evaluate our thoughts, activities, and conversations. The truth of the matter is, we spend most of our time thinking about ourselves. We think of things that are wrong in our lives. If this could just get right, then we'd be okay. We think about the stuff that we want. That stuff that's, that we're, we'd just be a little bit better if we had it. We wonder what the person that we just talked to is thinking about us. We see certain people as useful, while at the same time we see other people as a problem or annoying We want to be respected and loved, while at the same time, if people are complaining a lot in our presence, we think they should just get over it. We want the rules to bend in our favor. but We don't want to catch anybody cutting in line or getting ahead of us. We, each one of us, tend to be the center of our own universes. Now I know that there are moments when you do kind things for others. You're not that bad. You're not as bad as I am. Perhaps in your life there are so many things that you do for others that maybe you're beginning to feel like people are taking advantage of you. You are one of the rare ones who gives and gives and gives And no one is as thankful as they should be. See what I just did there? Did you catch it? You see, left on our own, even our good deeds can be soiled with sin. What I mean by that is oftentimes if I do something good, I'm hoping that other people notice it. So I do something good, I take a picture of it, I put it on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and I sit back and wait for the praise to roll in. 
Am I wrong? And if nobody notices, we're like, well, that was a waste of time. (laughs) Now, I'm in no way trying to make you feel bad by pointing any of this out. It's just that the gospel this week shows that our priorities are, generally speaking, not God's priorities. His priority is this, love, plain and simple. God is interested in doing, in fact, he is always doing what love does. Love gives. And we generally want to get and to get without sacrifice. God gives freely, even if there is no getting to be had. Even if none of you would have ever received the gifts that he gives you in baptism, he still would have paid for your sin. That's what love does. He still would have offered you the meal even if you'd never take it. That's what love does. Jesus loves the church. He gave himself up for her that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present her to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she would be holy without blemish. Jesus laid down his life for you. He rose again and he washed you with water and the word. He takes away your ugliness and he makes you beautiful. If people were to see the church's beauty here on earth, they would want to bow down and worship. He lavishes us with love and boundless mercy And I'm ashamed about this. And somehow we still complain that we don't have what we need. Somehow we act as though we are still walking through this life on our own. He finishes washing us and feeding us with his supper. And we try to justify ourselves to him. Telling him why we're worthy of what he just gave us. Instead of thanking him for all that he went through to give it to us. Our gospel lesson today is all about people having the wrong priorities. Let me set the stage for our gospel. Jesus had calmed the storm. Jesus had walked on the water. He had fed 5,000 people with five loaves and a couple of fish. He was healing the sick, casting out demons, And the people were beginning to say, now this is the important part that sets us up for today's gospel. The people were saying, Jesus teaches as one who has authority, not as the scribes and the Pharisees. Now how do you think the scribes and the Pharisees were feeling at this point? 
You see, before Jesus came, everybody loved them. And if they didn't love them, they at least respected them and feared them. People hung on their every word. They were like the most popular kid in school. It's as if they were good-looking, athletic, funny, and had the latest fashion. And people wanted to be around them. If you were around them, you were seen in a good light. But then, all of a sudden, somebody came along who was even better looking, more athletic, funnier, and had cool fashion that nobody had even heard of yet. The point is, the people started leaving the scribes and the Pharisees, and they started gathering around Jesus. And the scribes and the Pharisees stopped hearing what Jesus had to say, and they started looking for any flaw that they could find. Here's the thing. Jesus was there in front of them to take away their sin. Jesus was there for the scribes and Pharisees because he loved the world, even these guys. They couldn't hear it. They would not listen. Because what they wanted was praise. They did not want to submit to Jesus as the church does. God's priority was love. But let's listen to the interaction between Jesus and the scribes and the Pharisees. It says, Now when the Pharisees gathered to Jesus with some of the scribes who had come from Jerusalem, they saw that some of his disciples ate with hands that were defiled, that is, unwashed. And the Pharisees and the scribes asked, Why do your disciples not walk according to the traditions of the elders, but eat with defiled hands? What's the priority of the scribes and Pharisees? Right here at this moment. Now the root of what they want, what they were wanting here, even if they didn't know it themselves. Sometimes we do things and we don't even know why we're doing it. The root of what they wanted, even if they couldn't see it, was they wanted to cast doubt in the people that were listening to Jesus. And the purpose was so that they would come back to them. Look, those guys don't even wash their hands. Everybody knows that. We can't trust their teacher. They're not even, they don't even walk according to the traditions. These guys were breaking the Tenth Commandment, they were coveting people. Now, is washing hands important? Yeah, every single restaurant you go to, it says you should wash your hands. Right? Workers must wash hands. If they really loved the disciples, what they would have done was walked over with their water basin and said, here, I noticed you didn't have water to wash your hands. Let me help you. The question isn't, is washing hands good? It's good. 
but they were putting tradition over the commandments of God. Jesus answers, they, didn't, they weren't loving, in other words. Their priority was to be loved, not to give love. Jesus answers them by pointing out their hypocrisy. Well did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites. As it is written, these people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrine the commandments of men. And here's the most important part of what Jesus says. Jesus continues, You leave the commandment of God and you hold to the tradition of men. Then he goes on to give a concrete example where the people would get out of honoring their father and mother by paying extra money to the church. In other words, if you just give a little extra, you don't have to obey the commandments. You don't have to do what love requires if you just give a little extra. Jesus lets them know, and us know, that the commandments of God, and he's talking about the Ten Commandments, are what should be the most important priority for all of us. Now, why are the Ten Commandments so important? It's because God doesn't want any of us to have any fun. I'm joking. Uh, that was dead silent. I said that pretty seriously, didn't I? No, that's not true at all. The Ten Commandments are so important because they are love. The commandments are love. The commandments are love for God and they are love for our neighbor. St. Paul writes in Romans 13, Oh, no one anything except to love each other. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law For the commandments are summed up in this word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfillment of the law. You see, the law is love. But you know what would happen if the law was all we thought about. If honoring our father and mother if honoring marriage, if respecting our neighbor's property and our neighbor's reputation was all we thought about, if respecting our neighbor's body and everything else that belongs to our neighbor was what we held up as the highest priority, we would be forced to see just how short we fall of the glory of God. The law is love, but 100 times out of 100, when we are left to ourselves, we are not love. We need Jesus. And in Matthew 5:17, Jesus says, "Do not think I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them. I have come to fulfill them." Jesus is love in the flesh. And he alone is the fulfillment of the commandments. He alone has loved you with all that he has. 
with all He is. And He fully gives to you Himself. You are His bride. You are the church. You, we read in Ephesians 5, are His greatest treasure. You were not loved. You were not love, but you are loved. And His love is transforming you into a person that loves. This is love, John says, not that we've loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. And John goes on to say, if we're loved like this, we also ought to love one another. Love starts with God, and that's why we are here this evening. God himself is present, and we need him. We need him to take away our selfish priorities. We need him to take away our traditions the stuff that we use to excuse our sin. And we need to be directed by true love for God and true love for others. Love that's directed by the Ten Commandments. I love this picture that we have this evening. It's not an angry Moses carrying the Ten Commandments. It's like an earnestly pleading Moses. And I love that picture. And then if you notice uh, on the side, uh, on the side of the wall, you have the one who's fulfilling those commandments on your behalf. Jesus is carrying the cross of our sin that came from breaking those commandments. He dies for what we failed to do. And he rises to give his love to you. We don't want to hate. We want to love as we are truly loved. If you would pray with me, please. Jesus, let your love have its way with us. That our love for you and others would be renewed. Amen.